Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Always Press DFS. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn. It is everywhere, so go check it out. Search for it. Enjoy. Uh, this week we'll be covering the Farmers Insurance Open, aka Welcome Back, Tiger Woods. Um, joining me on the pod as usual, the threesome is back. We got Bucks. Find him on Twitter at BP Snow Eleven. Bucks, how we doing? Doing well as usual, Bubba. Tiger's back. good. Good. Tiger is back. Um, and then another guy that's back this week. His name is Jesse. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing? Doing well. I mean, you got to think like. Who's more highly anticipated return, mine or Tiger's? You think? I don't know, man. You might you might have the same score this week. <laughs> hey, real quick too, man. Shout out to to Rob Tria at All Day Every Day three six five for filling in last week. Appreciate that. Yeah, he's yep. awesome. He's, he's good. He'll he'll be on a lot more this year for big events or fill-ins when stuff's going on. He'll definitely be uh the fourth man on the pod. Not a problem at all with him. Um. But before we get into the Tiger Woods Open, let's uh, recap the career builder. It was actually really fun golf, and partly it was really fun because Philadelphia was stomping uh, Minnesota so much we could enjoy the playoff. Was, that made that entertaining. But um, John Rahm, you know, basically from beginning to end, takes it down in a four-hole playoff. Uh, any thoughts on that one, gentlemen? Yeah, I thought it was awesome, man. Um, Rahm did what everybody – kind of had the gut feeling he was going to do i think everybody in like the dfs world that looks at the statistics and the analytics behind it were like oh he's an unknown but really everybody kind of knew that if he came out and played halfway decent he would be in contention and so he did it man he looked really good he was striping the ball off the tee um Kept it in play the entire event, really. It was it was cool, man. It was fun to watch. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, it was a great tournament to watch. A lot of uh, playoff holes. I think they went to, what, four playoff holes? Four, four playoff holes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he – I don't know. I just – he was – he's head and shoulders above that field. Um, 
So if he didn't win it, I think it would have been a disappointment. So yeah, but he looked he looked good, man. He's gonna be he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Number two in the world already. Five hundred and seventy seven days to get to world number two. Pretty looking crazy. That's nuts. Well, real talk. Do you think he can surpass Dustin Johnson this year? Because Dustin Johnson, we we all have mentioned how just like locked in the zone he is. Do you think there's a legit chance, barring an injury, like if they both play the rest of the year, do you think Rom could overtake DJ? I don't know, man. The thing is, like you got to have like a an abacus to figure out these world golf rankings. <laughs> and, um, but I, I, dude, I, he could. Dude. I mean, he's. Just blazing, dude. It's so fun to watch him play golf because he stripes it, makes putts, um, and is not scared of anything. I mean, a lot of people don't like him, I think, because he's uh, kind of cocky, but I think you got to be that way on a golf course sometimes. He's currently 1.4 points behind Dustin Johnson, so I don't know how long that would take to make that up. But Yeah, I, I don't know if I see it happening. I mean – Unless Dustin kind of like picks his spots and plays primarily like the majors and some other big events, and Rom plays everything, I just don't see a, like I don't see there being any universe where Dustin Johnson plays significantly worse than John Rom this year. Yeah, um, especially especially with the the majors yeah. and the courses they have kind of slated to play. Um, I, I think they, I mean, both of them are, have similar games, but if you look at them like off the tee, Dustin trying to play that kind of butter fade versus Ron mm-hmm. playing that hard draw. I think uh, it sets it better for Dustin this year, but who knows, man, they're both phenomenal. I hope they're, I hope they're both in the final group in every major. Cause it'd be fun to watch. It'd be great to watch. Be great to watch, and I agree. I think it's gonna be tough for him to do it unless DJ kind of takes it easy because we know Rom's gonna play on the Euro Tour a lot, and we've already heard how you can get more points doing all that stuff for some ungodly reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, at the same time, DJ is gonna play all the mass or all the majors, gonna play the WGCs, and I think those are weighted heavier when it comes to the the rankings. Yeah. So yeah, he he should be fine. But you know that four hole playoff literally if they didn't finish it then it was gonna finish on Monday. It was getting so dark between him and Landry. It was nuts. Every shot they'd hit, they'd be like almost right next to each other. Yeah. And their approach shot in. It was beautiful. Like, okay, I got you. Oh, no, I just went up to you. Like, the whole time, just no one can make a putt until the fourth hole, basically, which sucked. But um, last question, and then we'll move on from from Rom. I don't know if you guys saw, but Golf Digest came out with it because I missed it yesterday on Twitter. Apparently, Steve or Curtis Strange, not a big fan of the camaraderie between Landry and Rom, which I thought was great watching two guys. We talk about the young nature of players, how fun it is to watch them play. Stricker's all pissed off because they're talking to each other and having a good time going from ball to ball and it takes the competitive edge out of things. Tell me he's wrong. <laughs> so I think I read the same thing. Was it Curtis Strange? Right? <laughs> It says, watch one of Curtis Strange's tweets, watching and, yeah. Andrew Landry and John Robb in the playoff, walking off the tee, talking to each other. Are you kidding me? Talking at all? Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so re- real quick story. When I, I was playing junior golf growing up in the mid-Atlantic region of the East Coast, if you came in the top 15 in like the points uh, of the Titleist Tour back then, you got to go – um, to the tour championship, and Curtis Strange would come down 
every year for like the final round. And he was the biggest dick. <laughs> I mean, like, like no joke, like you'd walk up to him to like talk to him for a minute and he would literally like shake your hand and walk away and move on. Wouldn't give you the time. Um, so I'm not surprised by his comments. I personally am the type of golfer that would do that. Like opponent, have fun, enjoy myself because I play better in those conditions where I'm comfortable. Um, but I mean, I, Curtis Strange, I am not surprised he made a comment like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it to a certain extent. Like it's a uh, golf you know, being an individual sport. Um, you know, but anymore with these new guys, it's just the way that they are, man. They're just laid back and just, I don't know. It's, it's a different ball game than it was 15, 20, 30 I mean, it's they all go on vacations together and their wives all hang out. It's a totally different animal. Uh, but yeah. I, I loved watching. It was fun because you could see there's two guys that were giving it their all, and I'm not going to ever hate that. Um, there were a lot of young guys that performed really well this week. We'll get to talk more about them in a bit. But one last thing, we broke it down briefly at the end of last week's pod. The Abu Dhabi World Championships did not disappoint. Paul Casey, the new Paul Casey, Defended his crown in beautiful fashion. Tore up the back nine with bad conditions. Uh, Rory looked great. I don't think he made a bogey. I know the first two rounds he didn't. I don't think he made a bogey most of the tournament. Um, DJ played okay. Didn't play horrible. Overall, I thought it was a great tournament. Um, and the golf coverage nailed it again. Any thoughts on that one before we go to the DFS? Jesse, I'll let you take this one first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't call him new... Uh, Paul Casey for nothing. Uh, and when you say new, that's, that automatically means winner. Um, that's one of the things that people forget is Tommy Fleetwood can win and not just top 10. He's uh, I can't wait for him to come over and play golf. He's uh, coming soon. Like golf tournaments in America. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be different, but it'll be so much fun to watch. Um, but that was, I mean, that's a, that was a star-studded field over there. And, uh, you know, it was a great golf tournament. Yeah, there's a lot of guys up top. Um, who had a chance, Ross Fisher being one. We'll be playing him a lot this year in uh, in Euro and when he comes over to the States. Uh, like you said, Rory, he might be back. Um, Paul Casey was up there in top ten too, but, of course, can't get the job done. So, Beef Johnston. Yeah, but, yeah, it was, it was a good tournament, man. That's always a good tournament. Over there. They got another good one this week too. On, uh, so, that'll be fun to play. About you, Bucks. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I actually watched quite a bit of it because the coverage was really good. One, yeah. it was available to watch. Yes. But two, it was really good. I mean, the commentary was really good. Um, the coverage itself, like, typically when you're watching coverage on the PGA Tour, you're pretty much consumed with one group. Um, but they had no problems with the Euro coverage kind of going back and forth to probably five or six different groups and actually showing golf. It was great. I mean, Fleetwood played amazing. DJ played really well the first, uh, the first day, especially that first nine, like after playing the first like four holes, DJ, the first round, I was like, yeah, this is over, but cool. Rory played great. Stenson. I mean, packed field. A lot of great golf. Yeah, no doubt. A uh, couple things. 
Fleetwood, they said, is coming over um, for the Genesis February 15th, and he'll play through May. So that'll be his first full run. He's going to play quite a bit, apparently. Um, not every week, but quite a bit. And then Rory's already announced he'll play at least 25 events this year, the 25th event being the Ryder Cup. And then he might sprinkle in a couple more after that. Swing a lot of a lot of golf from these really good players. And the one thing that's interesting is we've all talked about how, you know, the Ryder Cup this year, the U.S. should have their way. Well, yesterday we had Fleetwood, Garcia, and um, Rom all win tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> so, something to think about. No, that's, yeah, that, that's another thing. But does anybody know why Garcia was playing in Athens? Had to be the money. Had to be the money. I guess. I don't know. Oh, man. That was weird to me because that's that's a huge golf tournament that he missed. Or he could have been playing in the States and competing with, you know, John Rahm. But, I mean, obviously he won, but he won by like five shots. It wasn't even really that close. Who else played in that event? Nobody. Nobody. I have no idea. A bunch of Asian tour players and Sergio Garcia. Yeah. So, yeah, probably, I think he probably, right, probably got a big check just to go. Money and getting used to winning again. I get it. He had his new club. He was trying out. Yeah, know. probably. Who knows? But know. yeah, you're you're absolutely right. When you look at that team, like Sergio, Rom, Fleetwood, Rory, Justin Rose, like Francisco Molinari has been playing well. I mean, everybody. Cam Cam Smith, the Golden Cherub. I they mean, got Norin. Stats. Yeah, dude, they have. You left off They're, Paul Casey, Justin Rose. <laughs> well, you know, they got a new Paul Casey. He's kind of yeah. backdoor Paul Casey now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Coach's exemption. <laughs> He's like the Phil Mickelson. Of the exactly. Universe. All right. Let's get into the Farmers Insurance Open this year at good old Tory Pines. Two courses played. Jesse, get us some uh, past event history here. Yeah, so Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, pretty sure it's been played at Tory for a while. Um, two years. Bucks will talk about that here soon. Uh, last year, if you remember, um, if you were watching golf at that point, John Rahm ran in like a. When is where he ran in like a fifty-foot like eagle putt on eighteen or something? He had that putt off the fringe. I remember that much to win it. It was off the back of the green, yeah. in front of the green. I mean, the snake. Um, anyway, he won last year. He kind of he he came from behind. I think he was probably five or six groups back last year. Came from behind uh, and won. Year before that, Brent Snedeker, uh, Jason Day was 2015 winner. Scott Stallings 2014 winner. Tiger Woods 2013, 2008, 2007, 2006, 2005, 2003, uh, 1999. He's won it a few times as well. My goodness, uh, Bucks, give us some course previews. Yeah, so this is a another event with multiple course rotation. Uh, first two days you'll play the north course and the south course. Then the last two days you'll play the south. Um, the interesting thing about this setup, well, first, they're both Poana greens. Um, the south course is a little bit of a blend, but the Poanas mostly overrun the bent in them. So it's Poana greens. Uh, Kikuya fairways, um, and then Kikuya, Rye, Poa, Bent, Blend in the rough because you don't really control it. Um, but start with the north course real quick because that, that'll be the first round or one of the first two rounds. 
Um, it's by far the easier course of the two. Um, it plays around 7,000 yards, uh, which is 700 yards shorter than the south course. Um, and it was redesigned uh, two years ago by Weisskopf. And basically, he had uh, one goal in mind. He wanted to make it playable for, like, the average golfer. So you got tourists paying money to go play. He wanted to make it easier and a place where they could come back because the south course is just brutal. So he wanted to make sure the north course was playable for all handicaps. So he widened the fairways. He uh, enlarged the greens by, like, 30%. Um, He took away a lot of the bunkering off the course, um, lowered the rough a little bit. Now, the rough will be thicker this week, um, but on average, the north course plays four strokes easier than the south course. So massive, massive advantage there. Um, On the south course, you have 7,700 yards, par 72. Um, Again, Poana Greens, Kakuya Fairways, they do have Bermuda tee boxes. That doesn't really matter. Um, but again, mostly hard course. They kind of keep it in. Um, they want to have the U.S. Open there, so they keep it kind of in those conditions. The rough will be really thick. Fairways are a little tighter. The greens are uh, fairly small there. A ton of bunkering. Um, and, I mean, not only do you have the thick rough and fairly narrow fairways, but it's just long. Like 7,700 yards there. Uh, right next to the ocean is long. So mm-hmm. you have um, quite a few holes that are just um, ready to eat. You have eight holes where, or four holes that are the par threes. They average over 200 yards. You have four, or on the par fours, you have one under 400 yards. Um, the rest are well over 400. You have five that are over 450 and then one over 500 yards. All four par fives are super long. Um, Not too many people are going to reach most of those. Um, There'll be some that can reach um, depending on the wind, but 590 yards is the average between all four. Two of them are over 600 yards, which is just crazy. Um, So with that being said, the... North and the South, playing both. North is way easier. South is way harder. Um, and then I know I'll, I'll just get into the weather as it stands now. But Thursday through, Friday, or Thursday through Sunday look pretty good right now. The only thing, and that's obviously three days ahead of the event, but right now um, the only day to keep an eye on is Thursday afternoon. The wind is light. Temperatures are perfect throughout the entire event. Thursday afternoon, you see the wind peak at like 15 miles an hour, which you'll typically see gusts at 20, 25 miles an hour. So that AM wave will see really light winds their entire round. Starting around noon, 1 o'clock, the winds pick up pretty heavy. And so that PM wave could have some issues. And so if you're on the AM wave playing that easy north course, you could have a really distinct advantage um, for the field. So... Once tea time comes out, I'm going to be looking at that. Obviously, I'll keep track of the weather throughout the week, but um, there are a lot of uh, a lot of variables that go into it. But right now, that AM North wave looks good on Thursday. Yeah. 
Good to know. Good to know. Because, yeah, right off the ocean there, winds can get interesting at times. So definitely good to know. Uh, Jesse, kick us off with the key stats you're looking for this week. Yeah, long golf course, driving distance. Um, uh, obviously, the, the fairways are already – I saw something earlier. Uh, I think it was like 54% of the fairways get hit by like all – the problem with this – tournament two is you don't have shot tracker on the north course i believe is that right yeah. they play the south on the weekend so there's not a whole lot of data um from the north course but like bucks was saying the 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 fairways are notoriously hard to hit but as long as it is i need guys who can bomb it out there um hit a lot of greens so greens regulation um and then also scrambling i think scrambling would be a key stat this week because there's going to be a lot of Missed fair, fairways, therefore miss greens, and you got to be able to get up and down. So I want guys who, who have a good short game as well. Um, and then probably the usual, you know, a lot of uh, birdie or better just because it's DraftKings and we need guys who can make some birdies, even though par's not terrible this week. Yeah, definitely. What are you looking at, Bucks? Yeah, I'm glad men- or Jesse mentioned scrambling because I think that's one of my key stats this week. Um, I'll always look at kind of the – DraftKings points, bogey avoidance, um, recency, that kind of thing. Um, but this week, there are a few stats that I'm looking at. Um, outside of that, scrambling is one of those keys. Um, I'll also look at total driving with kind of a focus on accuracy. Um, it is long, but I'd rather have guys playing out of the fairway. They're still going to miss some of those greens, um, but if they can keep it in the fairway, they'll typically avoid a larger number. Um, so, and then once you, when you look at the course breakdown, you have quite a few shots. So 10 of the holes, you're likely going to have a club hitting from 175 to 225 yards. And so I am going to put a smaller weighted percentage, but I am going to look at proximity from 175 to 225. Um, just to keep an eye on it. And then the last thing that I'm going to look at just for, and again, not having a huge weighting on it using fantasy national, but uh, three putt avoidance. So one thing that any golfer can tell you about Poana is it is super inconsistent. Mm -hmm. uh, Not only from a uh, bumpiness standpoint, but from a green speed standpoint, it can really vary hole by hole because it grows so wildly inconsistent uh, throughout the day. It holds foot traffic way more than most uh, grass types. And so uh, having a guy that on a normal course avoids the three putt is, is something I think could be big here because when you look at a cut that's like even or one over um, one or two shots here and there can make a huge difference. Yeah, I agree that the Poe thing stands out at my local course is Poe and it, in the afternoon, it's just disgusting how many footprints are across that thing. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And very inconsistent. So yeah, I agree with that there. I'm looking at scoring scrambling. I like a lot. Um, we actually have a little more recent form than normal with this and some good course history. You're going to look at some names and, that have struggled here quite a bit in the past. Um, a lot of hot golfers coming in and played a lot lately and some good West Coast golfers. So I'll be looking at that. The uh, approach as well is something I'll be taking a peek at, but a lot of the similar stuff you guys mentioned. Before we get into the actual 
pick by pick like we do. Let's just get this one individual. Some people are talking about him quite a bit for some reason. Don't know why. But um, we'll just break him down now. Tiger Woods, he comes out at $9,700. He is the fifth highest priced golfer on DraftKings this week. Insane. Now, over on FanDuel, he's $8,900. Reasonable. Very reasonable. Middle of the pack. I get it. But $9,700, I'll tell you right now, that is my top bust of the week to play. <laughs> I'm going to sugarcoat that. But, um, Jesse, what are your thoughts on El Tigre this week? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking on the price, like mid to high sevens, which would be kind of equivalent to where they put him on uh, on FanDuel. But 9700 just blows my mind. Um, but it also really kind of tells me that they factor in course history a whole heck of a lot on DraftKings or they're all drunk. So that's it's it's the two outcomes. They're either all drunk. Now here's my thing with Tiger. Like so, I was 100% full fade mode pre the price coming out because I expected it to be you know like I said high, high sevens maybe mid sevens. Um, but at 9700, he actually becomes an okay GPP uh, play. You know I ran a poll earlier today and. 58% of the respondents out of 145 said that they were on a full fade or 0%. Um, I expect them to be, you know, in, in large field GPPs, maybe 10%, which isn't bad. Um, but I don't know. It's just still hard to eat that price, man. I, I don't know what that things was smoking, drinking, doing. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, yeah DraftKings must look at – um, course history plus Vegas odds, that kind of thing. I guess. Because um, that's the only thing that really makes sense. I mean, when I was thinking about it and just kind of doing my write-up and kind of getting a pre-idea of how I was going to shape the event, I figured Tiger at like 85 to 8,700. And I was fully prepared to play him a little bit at that price. But 9,700 bucks. Um, with all of those other guys around him, I think is honestly egregious. I mean, he's not that I think Tiger can make it back to be a force to be reckoned with, but he is not there yet. Historically, he hasn't been great off the tee and he's not great off the tee now. And this course will penalize you. And what happens when you miss the ball off the tee, you're in some long ass rough rough that you have to go dig it out of, which is terrible on your back. Um, and so I just don't – and he hasn't – even if he hits fairways and misses greens, he hasn't been good around the greens. And so there's just no – like, I'm a huge Tiger fan, and I'm – there. I just don't see a way that I can play him at that price. If anybody wants to play Tiger Woods in cash, heads up, at me – <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, like 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 Jesse said, he's he's strictly a GPP play. This is not a cash yeah, play. Yeah, for, for but, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm I'm on your your side on this one, Bucks. Literally, I was sitting there in the morning thinking, okay, 85, 8600, that seems reasonable. Like 88 at the most, I I, I can see that. And then I would have then I would have been in the predicament of maybe playing him. I'm not playing 9700 Tiger Woods if he wins. I'll be stoked because I love watching Tiger Woods win golf, but I just won't do well on DFS. That's just how it's going to go. Um, so that's where we're going with that one. Um, 
One last stat I forgot to tell you a few minutes ago, but I found interesting today, just something to grind on, I guess. The last seven winners here have started Thursday on the south course, played the north course on day two, obviously. Um, so something to think of there, I don't know. Um, just a weird stat, seven in a row have come out that way. Maybe they, their brain wasn't as rattled playing the easy course their, their day before the weekend and uh, relaxing, who knows. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the DFS. We got four guys, 10K and above. You got the defending champion in the tournament and last week, John Rahm at 11.8. You got Fowler at 11.4, Matsuyama 10.8, Rose 10.6. Interesting prices. Um, you're going to see Fowler's missed two of our three last four cuts here. But people are going to remember he's been doing the Abu Dhabi flying back for this tournament every year. He didn't do that this year. So something could be interesting. Uh, Jesse, who do you like up top? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, to avoid John Rahm, um, even though he won last week. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like him a lot. And, you know, one thing I've noticed, and uh, Fantera pointed it out too, is that, you know, if somebody's coming off a win, they're typically lower owned than what they might be otherwise. Um, it is, it's really hard to uh, win back-to-back on tour, but if anybody can do it, you know, I would think John Rom could do it. Now, the other factor with that is he did win here last year, so that might in, inflate his ownership a little bit. But I, I'm a fan of John Rom. I'm a fan of Ricky Fowler. Three straight missed cuts. A lot of people are going to see that and uh, and automatically fade him. Um, so I will probably have some of Rom, Fowler, and then Rose as well. Now, Rose, he kind of has that deal with, like like you're talking about with Ricky, he's coming he, – he played in the middle – of wherever last week. So he might have the jet lag deal or whatever, but I mean, he's got some decent course history. Um, fourth here last year before two missed cuts. And then he's 33rd, 25th and uh, 22nd. He's number one. Um, my model is hard to fade that. I would go those three. I don't have much for a decky, but I never do. What about you bucks? Um, yeah, I mean, Three out of the four I really like um, this week. John Rom, I guess for – so did you guys watch any of – I think it was after the first round maybe. Uh, Rom had a post-round interview, and he was talking about playing with Phil Mickelson and Tim. Did either of you see that? I didn't. No, I did not. So he had this whole conversation where he likes playing with Mickelson – in practice rounds because he likes to listen to him and his brother talk about shots and they'll, they'll literally talk like, okay, you got to hit it 121, uh, maybe 122. You got to have one yard worth of backspin, this and that, like crazy detailed. And Rom was just like, you know, I, I couldn't play golf like that. I'd, I'd be, I'd shoot eighties if I had a caddy that talked to me like that. My caddy tells me it's 154. I step up and hit it 154. That's all I. That's all I know. And I'm like, this is my hero. <laughs> yes, that's him. how I play golf. What's the, G- what's the GPS say? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my caddy says hit it like a foot left of the hole when I'm chipping, and so that's what I do. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but I, I do like Rom again this week. I do think it's really, really hard to win back to back and defend your title. Um, so I am going to wait that a little bit. The other thing that I'll say is um, there's going to be a lot of shots from 175 to 200 yards, and he is not very good. 
last 24 rounds uh, from that range. And he misses a ton of fairways, too. I mean, he hit the ball really well last week, but this is a much different setup. Uh, we know he can score here, um, but he does miss a lot of fairways. The one thing he has going for him is he's fourth in my model at scrambling. So um, I- I'll be playing Rom. I just don't know how much yet. Uh, because my favorite play of the week is Justin Rose. Uh, 10-6, so $1,200 cheaper than Rom. Obviously one of the best players in the world, one of the hottest players in the world, and he is top 10 in scrambling, bogey avoidance, birdies, DK points, um, 20th in proximity and some of those key stats. Um, and he's top 40 in kind of like fairways gained and uh, 20th in greens, GIRs gained. Um, so I really, really love Rose this week. He would be my number one play up top here. Second would be Ricky third Rom. And then I am on full fate of Hideki. Yeah. As most know, I'm never on the Hideki train, so I won't be there. I I do like Rom quite a bit, but, uh, the only guy I'd look at up here is, is Rose for everything you guys have already mentioned. Uh, I've been loving Rose and the the price hike kind of sucks, but Definitely a good play um, with the way he's playing these days. But personally, I'm liking the idea of building lineups from the $9,000 down. But um, there are some good plays up top, but there's a lot I like in that $9,000 range. So uh, we got Woods, Harmon, Cantlay, Day, Leishman, and Sneds in this $9,000 range. Bucks, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, this was this is a, a – I mean, outside of Tiger, which is egregious, we already talked about him. Um, this is a really, really good range. I mean, Brian Harmon um, last year, I think he was T4. The year before that, he shot like 18 over. <laughs> um, but he is a much different golfer now. I mean, he is, he's got to be top three hottest players in the world right now. I mean, the dude's just on fire. Um, and he is he keeps it fairly consistent off the tee. Um, so he keeps himself in play. He avoids bogeys pretty well. Um, he's decent when it comes to like scrambling. So I do like Harmon again this week. I love Cantlay. Always have, always will. Um, he can score from anywhere. The only issue I have with him is he can hit it pretty wild off the tee. Um, and then a guy that I think, well, I hope he's a little bit lower owned, um, is Jason Day. I love Jason Day at this price, man. I mean, this is 9400 bucks for an elite talent that I think can hang with Rose and Fowler and Rom um, and a guy that's kind of on the up and up, I think is crazy. So my top play in this, this range is Jason Day um, and Cantlay. I'm avoiding Sneds, um, even though he loves this course. I have to avoid him after what we've seen. Um, but, yeah, Jason Day and Candler are the two guys that I'm targeting here. I like it. What about you, Jesse? Uh, yeah, the the Harmon deal, I mean, you you got any – either one of you got any reservations about him playing four in four weeks? I'm not worried about it at all. No, not really. I mean, these guys do it all the time, so. Second question, do you just like Brian Harmon because he's a lefty? Why would no, no, no not at all? <laughs> you know, he, no, I, he was, I, I like the way he's playing. 
He's hot, but that, that price, I don't know. It's just difficult for me to picture Brian Harmon at 9600 like it's like Tiger Woods at 97. But either way, I think he's interesting GPP play. Um, I don't know. I'm not feeling Cantlay this much, that much this week. 95 for him, it's hard to stomach to him to get used to him at a higher price tag. I will second your Jason Day call. Uh, one thing about Jason um, at 9400 you're getting a gigantic discount from John Rahm, $2,000. And I mean, you could argue that, you know, I mean, he 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 could be as good or better than Rom uh, if he just would would have back issues. He's got some sketch course history: two two straight missed cuts, first, second, um, and then. But his recent form is actually pretty good. I think he's got two straight like top 11s, so I do like him uh, quite a bit this week as well. And then I I, I like Mark Leishman as well too. Um, he's got a 20th here, missed cut, 27th, second. Uh, and he's just playing some really solid golf recently, too. 47th in Hawaii, but he did finish 7th at Tournament Champions. Um, so I'll have some Leishman and some Day. Sneds is interesting to me because that price is just ridiculous, but it proves once again that they're just waiting. Uh, he's, like, he's in the same boat as Tiger Woods. Like, coming off an injury, missed a cut last time out. Like, what are we doing here, DraftKings? I cannot play... Brent Snedeker off a of miscut, the career builder, at $9,000. He didn't just it. miss it. He just didn't miss a cut. He looked bad. Can't do it. Like, you can't. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Now, you don't think it's shot in GPP. You should be, hypothetically speaking, if everybody else out there is smart, less than 1% owned. But that'd be the only, that would be the only angle I'd have on him. Other than that, no. So, day and leashman for me here. Okay. I do like Harmon quite a bit this week at 9,600. Uh, we talked recent foreign players. He's playing very, very well. He plays well. He plays well on the West Coast. So I do like Harmon quite a bit at 96. And that's a discount. He's been in the 10-6, close to 11,000 the last few weeks. So you're getting him that's much true. cheaper. He's, he's still playing really, really well. Um, can't lay. I don't mind. I do love Jason Day as well. 9,400 bucks for a guy who is playing really, really well. Sure, he missed a cut here the last two times, but part of that, he won a T2 and a T9. And he seems in his last four or five tournaments, he's really starting to figure things out. He's getting their top tens definitely in range for Jason Day, if not better this week. And then I'm with you on Leishman at 92. I've been on him every week. I just love the way he's playing. The T47 sucked. But prior to that, playing really well. He's played well at um, Torrey. So I don't mind him at 92. But I actually, Harmon's my favorite. Then I go Day and Leishman. But I have no problem starting your lineup with like two of these guys in the 9K and skipping the top. I agree. Um, I I can definitely get behind that because I could see two of these guys top tenning for the discount you'd have to make on a second player playing a, a five-digit guy. You might not get that same comfort zone, I should say. So I, I'm going that direction. We take this brief break in the always pressing PGA DFS podcast to talk to you about RotoWare, one of the greatest shirts in fantasy sports. They have DFS shirts, fantasy season long, all kinds of great shirts. They're the best quality shirts in the industry. No other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality, premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts, specialized printing process, designed as part of the shirt, literally dyed, bleached into the fabric, no thick ink. It's ridiculous the amount of options you can find, over 30 different designs. Fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, DFS, they keep coming out with more and more and more stuff. Men's, women's, kids, you name it, they've got it. 
There's lots of buzz kicking up in the fantasy industry about it. People are wearing these shirts. They're representing the shirts. They are great quality shirts. And you can have one too. You can have more than one, as many as you want. Just use the promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, DGENS, for 20% off your order. Go to rotoware.com. Or go to at RotoWare on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out what they have. They're giving away free shirts all the time on Twitter. But when you go to purchase, use the code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to the always pressing PGA TFS podcast. Let's dig into the 8,000s where we have, I believe, 10 golfers this week. Lefty, Lowry, Finau, Woodland, Ollie, Reed, Hal, Smith, Shoffle, and Murray. I'll just go real quick. I faded Phil last week, and I was happy about that. I, I just I just can't play Phil. But I do like Shane Lowry quite a bit, coming in on some really good form. He's played well at this course. He can bomb it if he has to, and his long iron play is rather decent. Um, if it does get windy, he'll also play well into that. He um, can definitely play uh, on a course like this, three for three on cuts at this event. So I do like Lowry at 8,800. Love Fino at 87. We said bomber's course. I know it's risky. Because if he sprays it, he's going to be in trouble. But if he's driving the way he has of late, the way he's played of late, he can play really well. He t Ford here last year. He's been top 25 or better in his three times at this course. He's improved drastically each time. So like him, 87. Gary Woodland, um, 8600 bucks. another bomber that can uh, play really, really well here. It's a T20 machine at this course, eight of eight cuts. I like the way he is coming into this tournament as well. T7 is last time out. Chucky three sticks. You want to talk about a cash game play? We say this every week on the West Coast. But 8,300 bucks. He's 15 of 15 on made cuts of this event. He had a T2 here last year. Uh, he's gone T9 or better in three of his last five. And he's been doing his Chucky three sticks thing on the West Coast in the last two weeks. So at 8,300 bucks, another solid play there. Other than that, I'm not going to push the envelope too much. I like Buck uh, talk about the Golden Cherub and some others. But uh, for me, it's Lowry, Finau, Woodland, and Hal in the $8,000 range. Uh, Bucks, what are you looking at here? Yeah, there's only a couple guys that I really like in this range. Uh, Finau and Woodland, obviously, love both of them. Um, I'm really glad that they're kind of right next to each other. Um because I, I have two schools of thought here. One, you have to pick just one of those guys. Or, two, you start at like a 9K guy, or you start here and go Finau and Woodland and work your way down, um, which I think is – I think that's a really awesome strategy, and not a lot of people are going to do it with some of those big names up top. Um, so I'll probably have a couple lineups to start with those two guys because I do like the way they're playing. Finau has been on fire. Woodland, um, really, I think he was uh, T4 in his first start of the year. Uh, Woodland, great around the greens, really soft touch. Um, but both of them are good. And then, obviously, no surprise to you guys, but Cam Smith, the golden cherub. <laughs> um, I do like him a lot. He... Um, has been playing really well. I mean, he has like four straight top 25s. Doesn't play a lot over here um, in the States. And so that kind of worries me. But he should know how to play um, in the wind. He should know how to scramble and get up and down and play in these type of conditions. So I like him. The one guy that I, I thought would pop on my model 
that doesn't. And he's more of a gut play, and you mentioned him, Bubba, is Charles Howe. So he's 94th in my model, just using last 24 rounds. Um, and I know he's been playing well, so it's really surprising to me um, that he's not kind of popping off more. So I think um, he's, re- he's really solid, like hitting greens, really solid making birdies, avoiding bogeys, downing, but like everything else for some reason is really funky. So um, I'm going to play around with the model and see what happens. But if he continues to like look like he's in the 90s, 80s, something like that, I'll probably play him a little bit more, hoping that people fade him. Um, but I do like him a lot. He's kind of like that West Coast early tournament of the season kind of guy. Definitely. Uh, Jesse, what do you like in the eights? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Gary Woodland this week. I actually read a, uh, a quote from him uh, via Josh Culp out at Future Fantasy on his article on Roto World, and it says, you know, the South Course is a big boy golf course. The South Course is one of my favorite golf courses we play all year. Um, so big fan of Woodland. I do expect him to be popular, though. Finau as well. Also a big fan of Finau. like the Lowry call. Um, I'll have some Lowry, Finau. Woodland. Ollie Snyder James is interesting to me. He finished ninth here last year. His price, I'm not a huge fan of the price, but um, ninth here last year, coming off a of seventh in Hawaii, uh, where he scored 110 DraftKings points. So, um, Ollie could be good, especially if it gets maybe a little bit windy, he does hit the ball low. Uh, he's just kind of sketched with the driver, and that always freaks me out. always usually makes me back off, but could be a good GPP play. No way I put him in a cash team. Charles Howe, probably 50% owned in cash this week. Yeah, probably. Um, but it's hard enough to like Chuck, Chuck Trace. No doubt. All right, to our wonderful $7,000 range. We have 67 golfers to choose from. Yes, 67 <laughs> golfers. I counted them. I'm dedicated to the cause. There you are. I want to... I want to know how much they just – literally, we've had 22 golfers before this, 67 golfers. Um, Jesse, just kick us off with a few that you like. Uh, another quote I read, same article uh, from Josh, Jonathan Vegas. He said, I just feel comfortable here, simple as that, going back to junior golf, playing junior world here. I had success, almost won here four, four years ago. I, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, he likes – Torrey Pines, too. Um, Four straight made cuts. I think that's a great price on him. Coming off an 11th at the Career Builder, uh, where he was 7,500, so we're not getting much of a price increase. And I think that Jonathan Vegas has a big, big year on tour this year. Um, I know a lot of people have said that, but I agree with them. So I'm a fan of Johnny Vegas. Kevin Streelman's popping a little bit on my my model here at 75, which is interesting because I don't really think of him as a bomber. I think of him more as just kind of a straight down the middle, make a bunch of pars, which could be okay this week. Um, But coming off a bunch of of make cuts in a row, uh, 29th, 17th, 20th in his last three. So at 7,500, I think he's uh, borderline cash viable, uh, Streelman there. And then my, my arch nemesis down here getting a little bit further, Ryan Palmer, 7,300. I play him every 
single week that he plays just about. Um, so we have a long history. 20th at the career bill last week. I think he may have figured something out because he was struggling toward the end of last year. Um, well, just last year in general. So I hope he, he has figured it out. And then a funny story about uh, the last guy I'll, I'll mention here. I think this is the last guy. Oh, Lucas Glover. He's automatic shoe in for me. 7,100. Stupid price tag. Stupid price tag. Out of your draft king to the price. Lucas Glover, 7,100. Lock him in your, your cash teams. So last week I'm playing on uh, uh, draft, which is the app where you like actually draft people against people. I did this expert league, and, you know, I hadn't been paying a whole lot of attention, but I'm a DJ, and I was like a DJ now and stuff. I just bet money, just bet money. Anyway, I play against this guy. He picks Brandon Harkins in this expert draft, so you can't pick, like, all the top guys. Who the, who the fuck is Brandon Harkins? Oh, he'll just finish eighth at $6,700 last week at the, at the career builder. This guy smoked me. I mean, he like, I had two guys miss the cut, and nobody missed the cut. He, like, had all these, like, ridiculous plays. Um, so Brandon Harkins, man, coming off an ace at the uh, career builder, should still be decently low-owned because not a lot of people will be looking at him. Um, I like him for a GPP. Uh, he's a bomber and uh, never played here, so no course history, uh, GPP only. But interesting, 7,200 Brandon Harkins. Interesting indeed. Uh, Bucks, what do you like him? Yeah, there's a, a ton of guys here. Bubba, did you mention Harkins last week? I can't remember. I might have. It sounds like one of the goofy I, ones I threw out there. I think somebody, <laughs> I think somebody did because they were popping up on the model or something. Yeah. Um, but back to this range, there are – I'll just go down some of the guys that I like. Uh, Brendan Steele, he plays well West Coast. I like him. He's been playing really well of late. Get off the tee, hits a lot of greens. Um, Johnny Vegas, I think he'll be super popular, though. Uh, Streelman. Um, my, probably my highest owned guy of the week, or one of them will be Molinari crazy price for that guy. Um, and he's solid all around. He, he hits a lot of greens. He's really good at scrambling. He hits a lot of fairways. Um, as long as I don't have to watch him putt, I'll be fine. Um, JV Holmes is another guy that I think, um, is a high risk, high reward guy. He bombs it, uh, plays well uh, on these type of courses, and I, I think he has a good shot. Andrew Landry, I think, will be super popular. Lucas Glover, I'm glad you mentioned him. I've been yeah. playing him weekly now. 7100 bucks is super, super cheap for that guy right now. 12th on the model. Emiliano Grillo is another one I'll be looking at. Hunter Mahan um, is the last guy down here that, uh, I'll look at as well. Um, I'm not sure if I'll play him, but uh, from a just – it depends on how many lineups I create this week. If I go the 20 max route again, I will have some Hunter Mayhem, but if I stick with three or four lineups and go heavy in the 333 because of the payouts this week, then I'm not going to play him. Yeah, I just looked back at my notes from last week. I had Harkins at 6,700 in my 6K, guys. So, yes, so I got yeah. lucky is what it comes down to. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Lucas Glover at 71 is ridiculous because 75, I loved him last week. He was one of my core players. He will definitely be heavily owned for me. This like, like you guys have said, and we say, oh, what is DraftKings doing? Like, really? 
it's a good good golfer, and I not, doesn't mean he won't miss the cut from time to time. But there, my God, there's no there's no human involvement for him. It's a complete algorithm. Like, yeah, yeah, the algorithm's broke. Drunk. Um, seventy one hundred. Yeah, I love that. But back to the top. I don't I don't mind Bud calling at seventy nine at GPP. You know he's volatile, but playing really really well. T fourteen last week. T eight prior to that. Uh, did miss the cut here last year, but T twenty five year prior. So he's he's always an intriguing play to me in GPPs. Uh, big upside with Bud Colley. I do like Brendan Steele quite a bit. I agree with you there, Bucks at seventy hundred bucks. Um, West Coast guy does play really really well at courses like this. T twenty here last year, so don't mind him at all. I love your take on Johnny Vegas, uh, Jesse. I started looking at him more today, and you know he, he played really well last year. Still had those hiccups you'd kind of expect from a guy figuring it out still. But as of late, T eleven, T seven. He's made six of seven cuts here, including four straight, T28, T18, T11, his last three. Get him at 7700 bucks. a guy that can bomb it. You've already mentioned all the, the quotes and everything. I don't mind him at all at 7700 He can be very tilting. We know that from Vegas, but um, there's a lot to like with him there. At that price, a guy like Aaron Wise at 76 playing really, really good golf. It's kind of an all-or-nothing type youngster, but I, I don't mind him at uh, 7600 Might be a little chalkier than I'd like, though. Um, a couple other, like Russell Knox at 76, playing really well. He hasn't played well here in his career. Um, he had a top 10 once, but other than that, not great. But he's playing well coming in. Um, John Hook, do you like that T3 last week, gentlemen? Just throwing that one out there. Wow, no, play when he figures. Every time I saw him on the leaderboard. He's playing well, but uh, I'm not going to play him. I'm not going to play him at 75. He's like a pump play when I play him. But I do love Streelman at 75. He's just one of those guys that – Pretty solid cash guy. He's, he hasn't had the greatest course history here with two straight cuts, but he's playing really well overall of late. Um, before I go any farther, what's your guys' thoughts on Surrey making the trip over here for 7,500? No. I, I like Surrey. Um, yeah. I've, I've been on him for a while. I mean, since the British last year, but um, I, that's a really tough trip, man. No, I agree. That's why I'm here. curious. Just coming over here, this being his first real event on tour, um, I I don't have high hopes for him. Put it that way. A lot of the Euro Tour got Euro Tour guys, like DFS guys, are going to be all over him. Exactly. Um, but I I don't like him. Well, my my thing, my thing with him is seventy five hundred. I mean, like two guys we didn't even mention at seventy two hundred: Keegan Bradley and Charlie Hoffman. Love Nobody's mentioned ones. him. I hope you're going through, Bubba. But yeah. I mean, I'd rather take the discount myself. Agreed. And that's why when I mentioned you can take a couple 9K guys, make an eight, and then there's some sevens you can really play with, like Lucas Glover. But Harris English at 74, five of five cuts here, T11 last week. I'm not saying go run and play Hadwin, but I was really excited what he did last week. And he did tear up the West Coast last year before he kind of hiccups. So something to keep an eye on there, see if maybe, maybe going into Phoenix or something with Hadwin. But um, Bo Hostler at 7,300 bucks is too cheap. To me, the way he's playing, he's putting very, very well. Um, coming in after a T20, uh, he had a T49 as only appearance here last year. So I do like Bo at 7300 as a cheaper option. I had Hoffman, Harkins, Bradley, Glover as options down below. So let's head into the 6K range where we have, I believe, 65 golfers, if my counting is correct. Could be wrong, but it was close. Um, Bucks, kick us off in the 6K with a few that you like here. Because honestly, like last week, it's kind of rough again. Yeah, I think um, 
Yeah, there was only a couple guys that I targeted at, at in the 6K range last week. Uh, one of which I'll target again this week, I think, is Nick Watney. And yes, definitely. He was top 10 going into the weekend last week and kind of tanked it. Still finished decent, had quite a few draftings points. So 6,800 for him. Uh, Tyrone Van Aswagen, uh 6,900. He's a cut maker. Like, dude makes cuts and cuts and cuts and cuts. And again, this is a cut event. That's your number one goal is to have a cut maker. Uh, Stuart Sink is too cheap down here, especially on this course. He's not super long, but um, he typically keeps it in play, and he's pretty solid around the greens. Um, Luke List. And then the the guy that I, I'm not sure why he's so cheap is Chesson Hadley. Yeah, I mean, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. This, honestly, so I'm glad you, meant, you just mentioned it because there's a couple – price kind of differences that I thought were egregious. One tiger, obviously, but uh, Charlie Hoffman is crazy cheap. Chesson Hadley too. Like the guy's been playing well. I don't know why he's this price and his stats are good. Um, He's kind of like that auto put him in your lineup type play. Um, and move on. So I love Chesson Hadley this week. He will be pretty damn high owned, but I'm going to play him. So. What about you, Jesse? There's a couple I know we're going to go across each other here, but what do you got? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Stuart Sink gets just stupid. Why are we pricing him at $6,800? I mean, I know the guy doesn't win, but he makes cuts. I mean, you got at least got to make me think about this a little bit, DraftKings. Like, he's just, I might have him on 100% teams. If he misses the cut, I'll just be throwing shit everywhere. Kissing Hadley. Be throwing out the sink. Throwing out the sink. Stewie, Stewie, sink. Um, so, Chesson Hadley agrees. Stupid price. Nick Watney. I think he's an all right GPP play. Um, he might be a little bit higher on than what he should be just because of last week. But at 6,800, definitely worth a shot. Uh, Corey Connors, he played well last week. I love that player. Never played here before. Uh, when I say played well, he made the cut, which is all you're really expecting from a guy down in this range. Make the cut, maybe potentially ease your way into the side of the top 30. Um, other than that, I don't know, man. I mean, like my dude Adam Shink burnt me last week uh, after, you know, a pretty good round at the Sony. So I, I don't know if I'll go back to him. But, uh, I mean, especially with, like, these other guys in this range, like, you get one or two of these guys, it frees up so much space. And, like, if I can get a cut out of – a cut made out of Sink or Hadley, you know, you're – got to think you got a decent chance at six to six. See, that's what's ridiculous. If you can go Sink, Hadley, Glover, and Hoffman, you can probably get two of the big boys up there. That's Sink, ridiculous. Hadley, Glover – Hoffman. It only leaves 11000 per player for two players. So you can go Justin Rose and somebody else up top. They can go Rom and – oh, you can't quite get Rose. Oh, that's crazy. Go, but, uh, Rose and Ricky, I think. Yep, you could. You go Rose and Ricky. Wow. All right. Uh, in my 6Ks, I do like that Van Aswagen call. Uh, Bucks like that quite a bit. Uh, Watney. But, yeah, you guys hit Hadley, Sink. A couple others to maybe take a look at would be um, Strebby. It's 6,800, T9, T18, the last two years here, T19, time before that. He hasn't, he's not coming with the best of form, though, but it's 6,800 bucks. You could gamble there. 
boy Martin Flores pooped the bed last week, so I understand if you don't want to go back to that well. Corey Connors actually was playing great until Sunday, and he still finished 50th, but uh, so at his price, he'd still take that, but he kind of fell apart on uh, his Sunday round. Still good, good young golfer there. Only other one I would look at at 6,800 bucks, Kelly Kraft. Did miss the cut his last time out, but before that was a cut machine, and he's T28, T31 at this course. So I don't mind Kraft at 6,800 bucks either. All right, we'll go around the horn, start with Bucks. What are your top pump plays this week? Um, probably Hadley. I mean, I don't know if you can consider it a pump play, but um, yeah, they they priced it that way. Yeah, yeah I mean Hadley. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Streb. Um, one guy down here that I don't know why, like I keep gravitating towards him. Um, is like there's no reason I should be, but Zach Blair for some reason is another guy. Oh, wow. That is an interesting name to gravitate towards. <laughs> exactly, right? Doesn't mean he's not going to do well. We know how golf works, but that's just an interesting name. I'm not advocating uh, playing him. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I got you. What do you think of Jesse? Um, I would say, you know, Connors, like I just mentioned, another guy potentially at 6,600 down there with Connors, Sam Ryder. Um, he's not bad on my model. Um, three straight made cuts on tour, so another potential there. Um, besides the obvious, Stewart Sink, Chesson Hadley, thousand percent owned because they're underpriced. Yeah, I just put Hadley, Sink, Connors. You could look at Streber, Kraft, but I go those first three. And yeah, we we all mentioned earlier, we didn't mention them there, but Watney is interesting, very interesting at that price. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I already told you my top bust play is Tiger Woods. Uh, what's yours, Bucks? Um, I mean, Matsuyama and Woods would be my top two bust plays. Yep. What about you, Jesse? I mean, it just it's just stupid. I, it, they don't even make this fun anymore, DraftKings. They don't even make it fun for us anymore. The sentiment is 100% Tiger Woods bust. No way he pays off 9700 Yep, pretty simple there. Bucks, give me two or three guys in your core. Um, core is going to be Justin Rose, Chesson Hadley, uh, Francesco Molinari. Nice. I like the Molly call. I thought you guys were going to call me out for not using him this week. Um, <laughs> He's in the field? I, yeah, I, I couldn't do it this week, but I, I'm, I'll be rooting for you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Jesse, what you got? Not like I don't always root for you anyways. I'm just saying. Uh, for me, um, kind of just the, the middle core, Woodland, Glover, uh, Stugo, Sink, and, you know, probably those three be my, my highest owned. Yeah, my big boys will be Woodland, Vegas, and Glover. That's where I'll be targeting um, in the mid area there. Bucks, who's your pick to win? Rose. Rosie at 14 to 1, at least when I got these numbers earlier. Jesse, what do you got? Oh, God. I wanted to pick Rose, but I can't now. I got him at 13 to 1, so we'll, we'll sprinkle a little bit on him. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jason Day wins this week. I like it. Ooh, I like it. I like that a lot. That was my second choice if my first one got taken, so I like that. <laughs> my, mine is going to be Brian Harmon at 28 to 1. Oh. Oh, he's been bet down. I got him at 23. That's why he's going down. Yeah, I got all these numbers this morning. So. Yep. He was 
I think like 45% owned in the OAD last week. Yeah, but now I'm going to probably take him this week when no one's going to own him. <laughs> for real. They Looking can't. For- nobody, can, nobody can play him anymore. After the first two weeks, no one can play him. He's been so owned every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, when I say we, I mean I, forgot to mention that two years in a row I've, I've hit the winner one and done at the Career Builder Challenge. So next year when I come out, we should probably sell that pick. Well, you yes. weren't even here last week. I was, <laughs> hey, I, I was on Rom as well. We both had him last week. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the easiest one of all to me. I don't know. Yeah, it was, I was really – I was torn between him and Simpson, to be honest with you, but I went with my gut to Rom. Yeah, I think I, I think I just overthought it. I should have just stuck with Rom. That would have been so much easier. He was only 9% but, owned. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. But, all right, gentlemen, that wraps up another week. Everybody, remember, go check out Fanshare Sports if you want their discount. It's uh, the last week of January for that. They have their good product there. Releasing a lot of new things coming out that are going to be quite interesting. Um, you got uh, a lot of other good sources out there for research, uh, the national, all the good stuff. So go check it all out. Uh, check out Bucks on Twitter at BPSnow11. You got Jesse at DFS Golf Gods. I am at BDN Truth Podcast at Always Press DFS. Any final words, gentlemen? Tiger, Tiger Woods. Y'all. <laughs> okay. Nothing from Jesse? That's it, man. Tiger Woods, y'all. All right. Farmer Insurance Open preview in the books. Catch you guys next week.